a voice sweet like a butterfly, a tongue that stings like a honeybee, your sister love extraordinaire, aka Red Sonia, the song bee. Welcome to another episode of Sister Love Untethered and Under the Radar podcast. You can support this podcast by hitting the share button, subscribe, and leave a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Play. You can also make a donation by visiting Patreon forward slash Sister Love. Leave a comment on Facebook Sister Love Extraordinaire page. Tell us your pH level for the week. And check out the H3 blog, that's Humor, Health, Happiness, at h3life.blogspot.com. So, let's get this thing rocking. <laughs> Sit girl, Sister Love, Zombie, and... Calling you Good. So, how, how you doing today? Good. P squared. P squared. How's your P square? P squared. Yeah, I'm at a four. I'm uh, doing good. I'm good. staying in my my happy bubble. Good. Good. Though things, you know, they try to kind of give you that little tremor and take you off course. But uh, you know, you just got to stay in your bubble, keep it moving, keep doing what you need to do for you. You're you're so right about that. You're so right. Same same here. In fact, um, I started something on uh, Instagram. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, my little no. my Instagram. So I have a a new challenge, and my cha- okay. my challenge now is to uh, to sing a morning happy song. Oh, great! Challenge. I like that. And so my morning song this morning goes like this. It was challenge day one. In fact, I should find the Instagram uh, video to share with you. <laughs> but uh, Okay. Yeah. So uh, the thing is, is that every week I'm going to try to come up uh, with a song. Well, this is week one, song one. And uh, you're supposed to uh, sing your little tune. Oh, it's still trying to upload. That's why it's not on Instagram yet. But... I can still play it back. So this is my happy song here. Here it goes. Good morning, sunshines. Hello, it is Red Sonia, the song bee. And this is week one of our happy morning song challenge. So are you ready? Here we go. Week one, song one. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day to be vertical. Won't you mind? Oh, please be kind. When the sunshine is on every hood, no matter if it's bad or good, won't you mind? Please be kind and be a good neighbor. Oh, I like that. That's good. That's a happy song. (laughs) (laughs) That is definitely a happy, happy song. I thought you were going to sing something like, you know, a pre recorded song, you know, like, because I'm happy. You know, I, that's what I thought you meant, but no, it's an original piece. It's an original piece. It's kind of a twist from Mr. Rogers, which was a... Are <laughs> you familiar with Mr. Rogers? I am familiar with Mr. Remember, I did live in the United States. I am okay. familiar with Mr. Okay. Rogers. Yes. <laughs> and Mr. Rogers was around probably for like 40 years. And, you know, Tom Hanks just recently 
played the role of Mr. Rogers. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, it's a movie. And it is this most delightful, sweet movie. You have oh, to wow. see it. <laughs> I love it. So that's my thing to help uh, pH factor go up. You know, excellent. So, I like it. So, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to join you in the challenge, <laughs> but I like what you're doing. <laughs> I'll share it. Okay. Okay. Please share it. So it's taking up my phone. I will definitely is... share it okay. and see who's up for the challenge. Yeah. 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 So it'll be really interesting because, uh, yeah. you know, I think maybe every week or two, I'll come up with another, another song. I actually came up with a few songs already. Wow. <laughs> You're really on it. You're on this like happy, happy, happy. I'm on a roll. Well, you know what? It's that's like good. doing the things deliberately and intentionally. That's the whole pH factor thing to raise oh, it. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. To be yeah, you have to create it. You have to bring that happiness. No one's going to bring it to you. So bring it to yourself. Exactly. I like that. Okay, yeah. so I'm so glad you're in here with me. Maybe you may not sing a song with me, but I'm going to no, get you. No, I won't you. be singing the song with you. Well, but I like what you're doing. You know what? Maybe you won't make up a song, but I'm going to get you to sing one of these morning songs with me. Maybe we'll okay see. then <laughs> I look forward to that <laughs> that's all right we'll practice a little bit here on, yeah, on we'll on have a little world. go and see how see what happens eh? yeah okay yeah so what's new what's new what's new this week so you're at a ph4 that's good glad to hear that um well it's been busy for the rest of the week that's for sure uh, what about when keeping it real goes wrong? Oh gosh, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of situations where it's gone wrong for a few people over the last couple of weeks, right? Yes, it has. It mm. most certainly has. Uh, oh my goodness, it's so much that we have lots to talk about. But uh, let's say, for example, there's goodness. There's um, the situation with Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. He was fired from Viacom. You know, he yes. does Wild and Out, Mass Singer, and I mean, he works like a Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> he works pretty, pretty hard. He does. He's and was, doesn't he do America's Got Talent as well? Uh, something like that. I'm not really sure yeah, which one so it is. He's been fired from there, presumably. Right, and you know, okay, so uh, this is the reason why he was fired. So, you know, there Tamar Braxton has been all in the news and apparently Nick Cannon has uh, allegedly said something that was that's considered anti-Semitic. And you mm -hmm. know, I mean, that's if you want to burn the building down, that's all you have to say. And mm -hmm. uh so allegedly it was and it was really in response to um Tamar's uh incident, you know, complaining you know, she has allegations against the uh, the network that she worked for. So Nick said something, and uh, uh, and he's thirty nine years old. Goodness, oh, he's, is he thirty nine now? Wow, I still 30, think of him as like twenty five. Yeah, well, to me, he still sounds like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, thirty nine year old Nick, you know, Cannon, uh, mother or excuse me, father to. Um, Mariah Carey's two children, you know, the ex. The twins. Uh, the, oh, were they, are they twins? They're twins, Monroe and Morocco, I think their names are. Oh, wow, you're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's 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 why we've got uh, uh, Colleen Morgan 
in the house. Yes, you okay. need me in the house. Up on the pop culture. Yeah. So, um, so his his anti uh, so called comments. Not that I would, you know, because there's some question whether or not they were really anti Semitic. But he did it apparently on his. He has a podcast. This dude is busy. I mean, mm. he, I don't know how he finds the time. I mean, I know. You know, from what I understand, he's constantly on TV doing all of these shows. He's doing the podcast. Does he still make music? You know, that's a good question. I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, weren't producing if he wasn't making music. I wouldn't right. be surprised. But so this is what he said on his podcast. I mean, my God. I just realized this guy had so many jobs, but um, he apparently was on with somebody named uh, a personality named Professor Griff, which I heard of. And I think Professor Mm -hmm. Griff has a podcast also. But anyway, uh, he said that black people are the true Hebrews and that Jews have uh, uh, usurped, usurped their identity. Mm. And uh, and he says that uh, when we are the same people who want to be who want to be, that's our birthright. We are the true Hebrews. And so it went on. They talk about skin color and that people without dark skin live in fear. Um, now, these this is a quote and this is according to the U.S. Sun. OK, so uh, I'm only rephrasing people, <laughs> but he, he says that. Uh, yeah, don't come for us, okay? Just don't come for us. Thank you. Thank you, Colleen. <laughs> Disclaimer. Okay, and he says, quote, am I going to say, the, oh, and I'm going to say this carefully, uh, and he says, this is a paraphrase, to allege that people who lack sufficient melanin are a bit less. Now, wow. And that's that's the state. He also went on to say that they had to be savages. Um, and he was in it now. And he and it says that he was referring to Jewish people, white people, Europeans. Huh. So apparently yeah. this Professor Griff is known for making anti-Semitic comments, particularly Isn't in Professor the 80s. Professor Griff the guy that used to be in uh, Public Enemy? There was a pro- Professor oh, really? Griff in Public Enemy. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the same guy. <gasps> But um, I, I don't think there's another Professor Greer. Hmm. You know, that's a good question. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll have to have our intern. Our... But the thing is, I mean, just listening to that statement, I feel like you have to be so careful when you have such a public platform. I think you really still have to be really careful on, on like really viewing what your true opinions mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know... <sighs> Well, go ahead and finish your statement. I don't. Yeah, I just think you really need to be careful because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, the Jews, Jews control the music industry, the, the film industry, television, they're controlling everything. So when you're making statements like that, you've got to be prepared to, you know, potentially lose your job. Well, they're, they're definitely the, uh, a dominant, uh, of ownership and production and, and, and investment and ownership of studios and, and uh, entertainment and media groups. So that's that's fact. Um, and you do. You don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. Now, Absolutely. Professor Griff, I just want to uh, mention that Richard Griff is his name, and you're, you're right. 
he uh, he is from the group uh, Public Enemy, and uh, he was a member of Public Enemy, and he refers to himself or was referred to as the Minister of Information. That's right. Yes, yeah. I remember that now. So apparently, I think he might have. Uh, now, currently, he's a lecturer and, you know, spokesperson, and he may have a uh, a podcast as well. So he's he's out there. Yes. You know. Yeah, I've seen some 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 lectures of his on on YouTube that are that are quite interesting. Mm-hmm. They were they're worth looking at. And you know, and apparently he was uh kicked out of Public Enemy, which I didn't know. But not that I was really following this so much. But uh so he has uh been known to make anti Semitic statements. So there's a little history with that. So I think Nick Cannon, you know, and it doesn't matter who you're interviewing or who's your guest, you know, you have a right to have it represent all sides. But I think in this case, clearly Nick uh, was an empathizer to a lot of things and he made statements outright. And those statements, I guess, hurt him. Yeah, he's paid, he's paid a very heavy price. He's paid a heavy price. All right. So, yeah, so Viacom CBS, which was it sounds like one of his primary employers, and um, they cut his little chocolate brown butt off. <laughs> <laughs> so, ouch, Nick! You know when keeping it real goes wrong, as I quote my brother real goes wrong. Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Let's talk about Kanye West. Kanye West has been like having some rants and and, and things this week, he, isn't he? He's he kind of has. The last couple of weeks, it's like he's having another episode. Yes, he um, has, and you know that's that's a whole podcast in itself. But yes, he it is. he yeah. he has gone on. Uh, he's gone off a, the rails. A bipolar yes. rant, you could say. He has. He has. We'll, we'll talk about him in more detail on an on another uh, episode. Yeah, so, wow. So, uh, Nick, you know, he's had to backpedal since he made the comments, and he's been on Twitter. Twitter seems to be the go-to to uh, to, uh, apologize to cancel culture. Yes. (laughs) And so he says, uh, says, I'm an advocate for people's voices to be heard openly, fairly, and candidly in today's conversation about anti-racism and social justice. I think... We all, including myself, must continue educating one another and embrace uncomfortable conversations. It's the only way we'll all get together. So, and he went on to talk about encouraging dialogue. He did another tweet about black and Jewish communities. Both face enormous hatred, oppression, persecution, prejudice for thousands of years in many ways and have and will continue to work together. And um, so he's been really trying to apologize in more ways Repair than the one. damage. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, let's see how that works out for him. So, so another thing when um, keeping it real, keeping it real goes wrong. How about Tamar Braxton? Oh, wow. Now, yes. the reason why I say when keeping it real goes wrong is because you know, we'll do a little dive about her and, you know, what happened, but, um, she went on a rant and she, this is before the alleged suicide attempt. And 
we'll talk about that. But she went again against, you know, biting the hand that feeds you. I'm not saying you don't stand up for yourself, but with this rant and calling herself a slave and et cetera, you know, that can also have a backfire. And it sounds like when keeping it real backfires is when maybe you've had a little too much to drink, too many, um, and a little, uh, over medicated. And then it comes off like you attempted suicide. Yeah. So with that, I open on that. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, there's just so much to kind of digest with her, isn't there, in terms of like how everything is sort of unraveled, all this kind of inner conflict, inner turmoil, what's going on with the TV network and the the show that she's in with her sisters, the Braxton family values, and just feeling like that she's not being paid enough you know there's some inequalities going on you know feeling they should be paid along you know in similar line with the kardashians and this kind of thing well there's a and lot that we don't know right so i mean there's a lot that we don't know but i think what's interesting is you know there's a lot that you can kind of unravel and and look at in terms of perhaps what's kind of led her to this place that she's in and where she was at sort of mentally and emotionally to sort of you know attempt to take her life so let's talk about then what 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 we do know you know so what we know i mean in terms of like her career let's look at her career and 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 kind of where that all started and and what's led her up to this point so we know that she's had you know a music career she started off in the group with her sisters the Braxtons Mm -hmm. and they were together from 1989 to 1991 they didn't really have a lot of commercial success Um, So in 1991, they had the um, opportunity to audition for LaFace Records. Mm. Now, they auditioned. However, LaFace decided that they only wanted to sign Tony Braxton to a solo deal. They didn't want the rest of the sisters. So, you know, you've got to imagine how that must feel. That's rejection. That's Mm. like, you're not good enough. Okay? Right. So then Tony signs her solo deal. Uh, deal the sisters sort of go quiet nothing really happens and then in 1999 Tamar decides she's going to pursue a solo career and she pursues this solo career without the knowledge of her sisters so they're kind of quite upset that she's gone out on a limb but not kind of had a conversation with them and said hey guys you know this is my intention this is what I plan to do now wait a minute let me ask you something on that note now do you think now in that situation given the circumstances and you're in a group with your siblings do you think or how do you feel what do you think would be the motive and what would be the outcome or of doing something like that do you think that's betrayal I think it is betrayal in a, in a sense because the thing is if you started off in the group as sisters and as far as your sisters your sisters are concerned you are still a group because I believe they were doing a lot of backing vocals for Tony on her solo career right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you're still a group and I just think it's you know common decency to kind of say to your sisters hey guys this is my intention this is what I want to do. Right. I want to pursue a solo career, um, and that's what I want to do. 
I think doing it sort of behind their backs is is, is very kind of underhanded. Yeah, and you know the thing is, is this sort of thing happens with groups all the time and it has does. been if you ever watch unsung but they're not sisters right. and brothers right. right these are just people that may have been put together yeah. as a, or, or they've been together friends. and they formed a band they're right friends. exactly but this is sisters now you're living in the same house as these people well you know? i don't even know if they were living in the same but we have to yeah back then Let's clearly assume they were but right. they were definitely around each other on you know a consistent basis so at you know, you should have that conversation over the dinner table or, or something at some point. Right. Yeah. You, you know, and I guess initially, I'm, I, without having that information, that someone in the family managed the group, the girls, for years. Oh, really? Uh, I would assume for a while, someone must have managed and, you know, with the I'm family. I'm not sure who the management was at that time mm. who was managing them i mm. don't know whether it was a family member i don't know whether it was you know an independent manager right I, i'm not really sure on that but she does go on to sign a sign a deal and she re, she released a single in in 2000 um which didn't really you know have any real success again so she kind of just took a break from music and 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 didn't really do anything for quite a long time until 2013 when she signed a deal with Epic and that's when her career kind of took a bit more momentum mm. she did go on to win a BET award three Soul Train awards mm-hmm. and she was nominated for four Grammys so her music was you know fairly successful I'm not really familiar with her her music I know Tony's music but I'm not really familiar with Tamar's music okay so Barry Hankerson uh apparently was someone who managed the Braxtons. It looks like uh, for four, might have managed them around 14 years. And I'm sure a few people had their hands on it. But to me, there's this is also has to do with some management issues. But it's interesting. So okay. It is interesting. Mm-hmm. It is. So after the sort of, you know, she signed her record deal, 2013, she had some seminal success. She then moved over into working in television and on reality shows. Mm. Now, we know reality shows, you know, you're putting yourself out there. You're putting your whole life out there. And I think that's where things can become really, really tricky because you have no control. Things are edited how the producers want them to, how they want it to appear, what kind of storyline and angle and all of these things. So in 2011, they, that's when the Braxton family values, um, you know, started airing and it's still airing, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a year later, she went on to have a uh, reality show with her husband, Vincent Herbert, called Tamara and Vince. Now, with that and in mind. And then she went on to, you know, we know she co-hosted The Real. Right. She won Celebrity Big Brother. And the whole um, while, Vincent, Vincent, uh, uh I think he's Hubert. Anyway, he was her, Herbert. He was her manager all that time for Tamar. Right. So he was managing, he he was Tony's manager, managing Tony. She met him through Tony and they begun their relationship. Oh, so he also managed Tony. So he managed Tony first. Yes, he managed Tony first. Okay. That's how she met him. I see. And then he became her husband, and eventually her manager. 
Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Right. So, you know, she's had some music success. She's probably had, you know, done more in this kind of reality show arena. And, you know, I feel like, you know, let's look at this marriage to Vincent Herbert. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know, you know, he was managing her. Obviously, she wanted to have a solo career. Maybe she wanted to be as big as Tony, maybe even bigger than Tony. Right. And it just wasn't happening for her. Well, and she's got, you know, this successful manager right. who's, who also manages Lady Gaga, apparently. Right. So well, let me just say something, because if you ever watched the show, she it was clear that she wanted to be bigger than Tony. And I'm not even okay. talking about the Tamar and Vince show. I'm talking about the Braxton sisters. Right. So remember, the, so the Braxtons came on 20, 2011. A year later is when Tamar and Vincent's show came on. So, That's right. Which means that she couldn't stand and she said it practically and often and repeatedly that she was not trying to be a background to anybody. That she right. knew she was a star. She knows she's a diva. And okay. she never had any intentions of ever being a background. It's like, you think I'm trying to be a doo-wop girl? <laughs> so <laughs> so she had a burning desire, desire. that was right. expressed verbally all, right. throughout the whole seasons. All of okay. them. Okay, I've never actually watched it. I mean, I literally went on and jumped on and watched a couple just to see the dynamics. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, particularly the ones with Ilana Vanzant, which we'll come on to later. Mm. Um so yeah, I, I that was just something that I felt that maybe she wanted that level of success and was hoping that that's what her husband would give her because he's done that for her sister. He's managing Lady Gaga right. and she's going to be the next big thing and that didn't happen. Hmm. Right. Well, okay. So did she, but she did get to take off her own uh career musically she did she did but you know not to you know she's not a superstar no she's not superstar but she she definitely um you know she could fill up a few places let's say and she was big enough to you know for that while with vincent she was on tour she was doing shows she was on television doing concert and you know she released uh let me see i'm not sure i think maybe at least three uh, albums yeah i believe so yeah yes three mm-hmm. albums she did mm-hmm. release three albums but i mean you know the, the the level of success where you're known internationally you know if you right. say to somebody you're, you're here right in the uk that. for example tamar braxton Who they'll say she? oh who's that is she related to tony <laughs> you know that's probably <laughs> what they'll say <laughs> so you know i mean if you look at like for example if you look at Beyonce and she has her sister Solange, right? right? Solange has never achieved that same level of success That's as true. Beyonce and she never will. I think it's really, really difficult when you're siblings right. and you're both vying for that or, or seemingly vying for centre stage. Mm. I think that's a very difficult thing to accomplish because so, there can only be one star in the family. Right, right. Hmm. So so you said three albums I see Love and War, Bluebird of Happiness, Calling All Lovers, Winter Loves Land, and Sneaker Waves. 
Oh, so maybe five. Maybe. That's maybe what it says. Five. Wikipedia. I don't know if they've been wrong yet. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe five. So, yeah. yeah so, you know, she's now, had a singing career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's had a television career. And now, you know, and she's had some relationships along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, she apparently she was, she. you know, I found out she'd been married before Vince. I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Right. So, so she was married that? to somebody called Darrell Delight Alambi mm. between 2001 and 2003. Now, there's very, very little known about him. He is a record producer. Um, you know, and that's, you know, I know he's worked with some, probably produced some top hits for Michael Jackson and some, some other people. But he's very sort of like behind the scenes as a producer he's not one of these producers that's very you know well known in the public eye and I think probably that's because that's the way he likes it mm-hmm. you know adult and I just want to say that uh in, on billboard now you're familiar with the billboards charts right I am yeah so the top 100 it shows that she's had one number one hit uh okay in 2013 and that was Love and War. Now, I don't know the song, but... Neither do I. I'll check it out. It peaked at number one in 2013. Now, how long it stayed, I don't know. Uh, and then after that, she's had something that peaked at number two in 2013 called The One. Uh, number three, 2017 called My Man. She's had, let me see, a number five in 2015. Uh, again, a uh, this year actually just this month or or let's say last month uh number five something called a song called crazy kind of love peaked at number five uh, okay so she's had some top 10 hits she's I mean, had some top you know, 10 yeah she's I had mean, about you know I'll, I'll give it to close her. to 20 I, I, like I said I'm not familiar with her music yeah I've neither am I listen to her stuff mm-hmm. so you know good she has had some 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 you know, some solid, solid hits. Um, so she's had her music career. She's had a reality television career. She's gone on, she's been married. She was married to Vincent Herbert from 2019. I think they literally just got divorced. Now, well, now, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Go back to the first husband. What do you know about him again? What was his so name? He's, he, he, his name's Darrell Delight Alombi. They were married between... 2001 2003 and he's a record producer i see now tamara's alluded to some physical abuse in a past relationship she was in mm-hmm. i am not saying that it was him mm-hmm. i'm just kind of mentioning it at this point that you know in, in context of some of the things that she has been through that have led her to the incident a couple of weeks ago Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right right um so not much known about Darrell Vince Herbert we know more about because he he he, he's a popular guy he manages Tony he manages Lady Gaga they had their reality show however there was lots of rumors of sort of cheating and bad business deals or uh, uh, and 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 other things that we'll talk about about more in depth mm-hmm. and then now she's in this new relationship with David Adafeso who she's been with probably just under a year right 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 so which is very inter- interesting so 
So what we have is two uh, industry related men and until David. So she went from yes. um, rapper producer to executive uh, producer, manager, uh, industry husband. Yes. And, uh, and then, and more recently now someone who's not in the industry, but a businessman allegedly. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, which is, you know, I think it's important to, to, you know, when you look at a person's, uh, behavior, their chronology, their, um, you know, that in order to really to know something about, you know, who they are, you look at their track record, right? Absolutely. Their, their behavior. So, mm-hmm. and I, with that, you know, you also, so those relationships. Sorry, can I just stop you a second? Yeah. And wasn't, wasn't there rumors that she had an affair with Jermaine Dupree's father? Oh, now, okay. Now you're getting to a very good point because this is something that came out uh, very recently. Uh, Actually, it was, uh, it was talked about between two industry people. One is Kay Michelle and she alluded to Tamar getting a beat down because she was uh, uh, sleeping with a married man. Now, she didn't say who the married man was, but she kept relating to that. Now, on the Ricky Smiley show, there was a discussion with the brat on there. And the brat, apparently, I believe this happened in like 2000 and, well, actually, she didn't say when it happened. But okay. uh, but it's certainly in 2000 something. And according to the brat, she was present in the elevator at the time of this beatdown. And she oh, didn't wow. want to give details. Uh, what, what, what was this? A Jay Z style salon? <laughs> no. Yeah. Down. Yeah. <laughs> Any footage? Any footage? No, but it was a lot worse. It sounds like that. it was a lot worse. <laughs> but uh, the brat's lips were were sealed on the details. But she uh, said, "Yeah, she was there." And she said, "She said who it wasn't because apparently K. Michelle alluded that it was a uh, Jermaine Dupree's." Um, father's uh wife or mother it wasn't Jermaine Dupree's mother but apparently he was married to another woman and this was to that second wife um that he the husband cheated on uh in fact I saw uh his name I want to say is Michael Malden or something like that that's right. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Right, right. He's a record. He's a record exec as well. Uh, there we go. So well, I think that's really interesting. We're seeing because, some consistencies you know, here. There's some consistency apart from this new boyfriend. These guys, these men that she's had in her life in the past, are all sort of producers. You know, record execs. This kind of thing. Yeah, which which would kind of lead now in any typical world or I won't say in a typical world, but isn't that what they kind of deem as a thought or gold digger when uh, a woman has that kind of track record? Thirsty? Yeah, you know, maybe trying to kind of, you know, work your way up in the industry, you know, potentially it's 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 that kind of thing. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not going to say, but, you know, there's I'm not a lot saying of this. Um, you know, let me just throw my disclaimer <laughs> this out. Is what, this is speculation. Listen, okay? this is just, <laughs> I'm just going to say now, you know, and a man could be a thought too. hell, 
You know, because men work, they do things to work their way up. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they do. But so, but you know, really, no, no, all kidding aside, but there is, there's a, a consistency of behavior here that, you know, her career and her climb is was very very important to her now at the point that she vince no longer served her um their relationship and and the other thing let me just back up a little bit colleen while all of this is going on remember since 2011 she has lived fully exposed exposed to the camera right yes yes that means her career her family life you know, with her siblings, all her siblings, Tony, uh, Tawanda, Tracy, uh, I'm missing one. Uh, Tawanda, I said Tawanda, what is it? Tony, Tawanda, Tracy, and um, Tina. Tina, that's it. Right, right. And yeah, because uh, yeah, they all, you know, they were all, all their life. Uh, for the and she part. has a son with Vince as well, right? So I don't know whether he was featuring on the Braxton family values. Yeah, the son was in there. The son was he in was. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So her life was, you know, all on TV, and while she was also working on her musical career. So now let's, you know, let's back up again. Now, when it comes to entertainment, these people don't, you don't do this without having a uh, manager, publicist, PR people, you know, agents, you know what you're doing yes, and absolutely. you know, the risks that are associated with it. Um, absolutely. We've seen this over and over again, that a lot of in reality TV, a lot of relationships don't last because they're very exposed more than you may be willing to. Now, it's one thing to be a reality star who's trying to have a singing career and come up because a lot of them do that. They they go from strip clubs to rap, you know, trying to be, you know, rap artists and performers or singers. And a lot of the reality shows are kind of, you know, pluck people like that. And um, look at the producer, Mona Scott. Mona Scott yes. has managed to make some people reality stars, maybe. And not everybody got to be a Cardi B. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, it's like you've got to consider this as well. At what cost? I mean, I've seen Love and Hip Hop and I've seen some of these shows and I just think, oh, my God, I would never because it's just you're just exposing too much and that fit footage, all of that lives on forever. It this doesn't is true. go away. No. You know, so when you sign up for these things, you have got to be absolutely clear about what you're doing and uh, and the, 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 the long-term implications and ramifications of it. And I don't think that in the moment when you're trying to get your career off the ground and you're trying to just, like, be famous and whatever it is, that you're really thinking rationally in those ways about you know, the damage inside of reality television. Right. So here's the thing, you know, so one of the things I want to say, so uh, real important, they made it very clear in the Braxton series that these five girls, plus they have a brother who was not a part of the series. I think he cameoed once and their dad who was divorced from the mom for many years. And the girls held so much resentment for the towards their father because he cheated. 
Okay. Right. And uh, for years. And also the resentment was passed, was really the mother's resentment. She had a great deal of resentment. So, you know, all the dynamics in the relationship between the sisters, they played out all on air and you, everyone could see. And Tamar being the youngest at 43 now, but the youngest of those five sisters and, you know, of the family uh, demanded more attention than anybody else. That was clear in the show. You know, I'm not oh, saying and I anything. Think, you know, somebody actually said it on one of the one of the episodes I I watched. I think it may have been the father said, you know, Tamar's always had to fight for attention. She's just had to be, you know, had to fight to be heard. And I think, wow. Well, I, now, but yeah, up until what age? Because when yeah. I think when she realized what worked for her to get attention, she got stuck on that channel. You know what I'm right. saying? Even as a, <laughs> yeah. an adult, she never turned yeah. a channel. So probably yeah. by the time of seven or eight years old, she found, figured out, you know what? I'm not fighting with this girl. I know how to get attention. She learned a behavior that got right. her exactly the voice that, you know, she tapped into and, and, you know, and that one for her, I don't think it ever changed. And that no. is who we see today. Right. Yes. Now, yes. the other thing I want to say, remember that these kids, these girls are PKs or preacher kids because their dad was a minister and yeah. had a church. And that was the, also fueled the resentment. But these girls and they sang in the church, beautiful voices, beautiful harmony and, uh, you know, all taught by their mothers and um, and very uh, they have a. Uh, a relationship or a spiritual relationship that's grounded in Christianity. So I thought it was interesting. I did a little research and that, did you know that there are two Tamars in the Bible? That's right. Yes. Two biblical Tamars. I I, I, I saw that in some research I was doing. Yeah. So in Genesis, uh, Tamar was the daughter, daughter daughter-in-law to Judah who married Er, who was his fourth son and uh, who was evil in this era was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord took his life and made the Lord made Tamar a widow. And then in the uh, in Samuel, this uh, second same Tamar of the Old Testament, she was a beautiful woman, daughter of David and the sister of Absalom, but who was raped by Absalom's half brother, Ammon. And Ammon went on to treat Tamar like she was used and an unwanted outcast. And, and this was something that she carried a burden for the rest of her life. So I thought that was meaning interesting. Now the meaning of these two stories, they both deal with spiritual blindness of the father figures and spiritual corruption and moral failure of the younger men. They also uh, reveal injustices towards the women and, uh, and you know, and, and, but God's grace uh, was displayed to those who were willing to confess and repent from them sins. So I thought that was interesting research for uh, someone named Tamar in, in, that's in the Bible uh, from yeah. a biblical sense, since she has a strong Christianity, you know, and they all, they all do. Now, the reason why I said that, because Christians, people who are strong in the Christian faith know that to commit suicide is a sin. You cannot, it doesn't make sense. So I'm saying, and I'm raising the flag of, of questionability that there was any truth to the allegation rumored 
her rumored suicide attempt. Yeah. Uh, uh, doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Mm -mm. I mean, okay, so I listened to the 911 call that was released. And if you listen to David, who's her current partner, when he makes that 911 call, there is no sense of urgency in his voice. There is not? There, there is not a sense of oh. urgency. I mean, you imagine if you're calling, you, you, you've come, come home, you found your partner unresponsive, you would be in some state of panic. Not that you're totally out of control, mm -hmm. but you would hear something in the voice that sounds a bit panicky, right? Yeah. Like, I've just, and, and what do I do? Or what do I need to do until, the, what can I do till the paramedics get here? He was very, very calm and collected. And I thought, oh, I don't know about this. This is really interesting because I just imagine that somebody would be a little bit more heightened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah? So there was a, a, a very calmness, but also within that 911 call, what he does is he mentions a suicide note and that she's upset with um, the the television network that she's been at war with, WeTV, right? Right. So, you know... So, well, that's interesting. So, okay, um, we'll, we'll we'll finish because I want to go back to this this whole issue about the the networks. Okay. Did you want to add to David's comments? No, that you know, I I just found it all really bizarre. Why would you be telling the the, the nine one one respondents what's in the suicide note? What you, that that's not what you should be discussing with a 911 respondent. Well, 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 wait a minute. I see what you're saying. So you mean he he claimed that there was a suicide note. And he said um and they said I think when they were questioning him like, "Well, what's happened?" you know, "Oh, I think she's taken some, you know, she's had some drink and, you know, taken some prescription pills." Okay. So now if he mentioned did he say there is a suicide note and he read what is, was in it? Is, is. And he was revealing parts of the notes. Okay. Which doesn't make sense because you're right. If you're calling 911 and because somebody's non-respondent and you're concerned, you're not going to start saying, going into the details because other than you know, it's being recorded. Absolutely. So why would you throw out the things? That doesn't matter. What matters is, oh my God, I looks like there's pills here or there's alcohol. I don't know what's wrong with her, but please get here quick. You're not going to say, oh, she committed suicide or she tried to. Right. To me, yeah, there's just something very fishy about it. I, what, I just feel. And what's also interesting, just want to add this little sidebar in, mm. is. So her attempted suicide was on July the 17th, I believe. On July the 19th, a trailer was released for her new reality show that she's doing with him called Tamar, Get Your Life. Right. Okay. So I don't want to lose my thought um, about the, uh, the suicide attempt and the note and stuff. And actually, and I have, damn it. <laughs> Oh dear! But uh, it, it, it'll come back no, to me. You know, you, you look at the timing. You look at the timing. I mean, 
you know, you've got this new reality show coming out, right? It's going to air. Right. So this is what I wanted to say. So, okay, a couple of things. Now, what David said, that, that first of all, the word suicide and attempt, once now that has been blasted all over through every source of social media and media outlet, that tarnishes your brand. Okay. Tamar, we know, is this really outgoing a personality you know diva uh powerful outspoken outspoken uh that would you know like to get your life get it together lip smacking neck jerking you know and uh ready to throw down or shoot you down right and it's and i ain't scared that's tamar right so this whole term suicide around Tamar, not saying because uh, as a re- also because of this uh, for two days, the media didn't hear anything about it after David put that out there. Right. And then it hit the mm. media. So two days you don't hear about Tamar. Everybody's wondering, oh, my God, all her fans are going to be all, you know, uh, wondering and tweeting and following and which is going to big up her followers. Right right okay so two days later then who of all people that even tweet or leak that she's she's okay nini leaks and that was also <laughs> deliberately <laughs> nini, nini leaks, leaks. you're leaking nini you're leaking <laughs> so and was that in her place or was that stage okay just yeah. saying so, yeah. and then, yeah, so this whole thing about the show now, in my opinion, her brand is tarnished and, and now she's got, not only is she in some hair show, like, um, uh, oh, that's right. I saw that. That's well. new. That was just released like, uh, just weeks ago, you know, maybe right. about, you know, five, six weeks ago. And then this Tamar get your life show, which is something now remember in the Braxton family that get your life. She could have done a t-shirt with it because this was something that she coined throughout the show in a way that that was her way of clapping back at her sisters. Anybody that had something to say, I don't know. She tear you down, read you from head to toe, shake her neck, roll her eyes and look at you and say, I don't know, but you better get your life. As wow. if that then the statement so that meant, her phrase. that's her phrase and what it means. It's an insult when you clap back at somebody, tell them, honey, I don't know about you, but get your life. Meaning my life is great. Yours is mm. shitty. So that's your problem. That's on you. Now, wow. that is, you know, beyond narcissistic. I mean, I'm just saying the coin beyond narcissistic, uh, you know, uh, self-exalting and that's that's all Tamar you know and yeah. either you love her or you hate her for it so that makes that's all a part of her brand this whole thing with David and whatever unless it is to dredge up empathy because immediately after that she supposedly t- comes back two days later and she changed her Twitter handle to Tamar Slave Braxton I saw that and I just thought, what is the point of this? I don't understand why you do that. And why are you on Twitter if you've just just had this, like, what are you even doing on social media? Like, chill out, you know, take a chill pill, relax in your bed, watch some Netflix. Mm -mm, mm -mm, No. 
and, and, and snack on some popcorn, okay? I, I know. Just watch watch, watch, watch some uh, Disney DreamWorks or something and, you know, uh, uh, Beyonce. Oh, no, that might, that she might get her, her, her lips wet and start imagining that she needs to be bigger than the Beyonce. So that may not rest her soul. That's no ghetto. <laughs> Take an ambient or something, you know, and just chillax. Oh, I mean, uh, no, for real though, for real. Like, who actually does that? You know, and go. And why would you want to call yourself a slave? What is that? I just well, feel like that's copying off of Prince, in my opinion. You know, because Prince, in all his beautiful, powerful righteousness, you know, in his day, who started producing, he was real quiet and on the under. But he began producing his own records and releasing right. them without the big studios. But he, yeah. in order to get, you know, and until he could be released from his contract, he performed with Slaved Under One Eye on his face. So she's really looking after everybody else's playbook of, of again, to get more attention. I don't think anything she does is without uh, some strategic thought out diabolical calculative uh move you know that's going to command attention we know her biggest complaint is that they ain't paying her that's right not like the kardashians that's right that's her big gripe that's what you know a big gripe with we tv is is around that it's around pay and she's looking at in terms of well the kardashians contract is what is it a hundred million Yes. Oh, are you still there? As well, and they've been going since what twenty two thousand and seven. They've been going for mm-hmm. you know many years before the Braxton fam- family values came around. Right. So uh, I don't know. You know, you know what you're signing up for. You know what you're signing up for. Well, you know what, and then when on top of that and they're not they're not performers you know i mean they're performers but they're not musicians you know they're not artists but now but they they have a brand that they created clothing oh, perfume uh eyelashes makeup. makeup you name it and mm-hmm. and apparently they're bringing breaking in they're bringing a whole lot of money into the networks through advertising and you, you know i, I don't want to undermine uh, talent or you know with with and again she needs to go back to her management because if she's the one that has to go out there to this extreme and throw herself on the railroad tracks you know to get attention <laughs> where's your management absolutely why are you doing no. that's unprofessional it you need to handle it another way it's unprofessional right it is unprofessional it's, yeah, no. I, I I just feel like that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, you've got to really think carefully when you're in the media, you know, when you're in the public spotlight, you're signing up for reality TV. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what that deal says when you're signing on the dotted line. You can't complain about it after. Either negotiate the right deal or don't sign it. It's as right. simple as that. Right. It's as simple as that. But what I think, you know, uh, let's talk about the Iyana Van Zandt, the Fix Your Life Braxton Mm, episodes, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I feel like those episodes were the most telling in terms of Tamar, 
her persona, her personality, her attitude, all of that, it literally all came out in mm. those um, Fix Your Life Braxton episodes. Right. I agree. It was very telling, you know, and... I mean, it gave you a real insight into just like, you know, number one, the dynamics of the family and the problems that existed within the family and some of them that you've already talked about. Mm -hmm. And you clearly can see and hear that Tamar is in a lot of pain and saying she never felt heard. And, Mm. you know, when her sisters left home, she felt all alone and, you know, all of this. But... The, the 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 main thing that just really really annoyed me was um one of the episodes where she turned up t- turned up late for a taping session she was like three hours late that was so disrespectful oh my god that's, so that's not even professional and then no apology just kind of bounced in the room right. like hi you okay you okay and it's like <laughs> hello we've been sitting here waiting for three hours like can you not say you know can you not apologize and so when Ilana brought this up and raised it ah oh, that's when all hell broke loose right right and Tamar just went off the handle and was smacking her mouth and rolling her neck and doing all of this stuff and then in the the end because they were getting into this conflict the mother had to step in and say look stop you know mm. you will not disrespect this woman mm-hmm. and I just thought wow wow this is just really 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 telling so we really really got to see the unraveling and the pain it was painful to watch it was very painful but it was also embarrassing I felt like it It was was. very embarrassing I was embarrassed again like what I said earlier these things live on they'll be on the internet that clip will be on YouTube forever Oh, I'll, you know, all of it. I mean, that goes down. But, you know, and it was 2019 that I believe that Tamar actually apologized to Ayanna. And I think it probably took her almost a year, you know, to get to that point. Wow. I mean, that she was just too high and mighty that, you know, uh, she, she I think she even called her, dare near called her a girl, <laughs> that woman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Whoa. I know Iyana didn't have some, any. Uh, Iyana didn't have, um, you know, some pleasant things to say. I think she called her disruptive, mm. uh, obnoxious, and uh, and a few other, mm-hmm. you know, uh, unpleasant terms. But um, yeah, that, that I feel was was very telling in, you know, leading up to kind of this. And I, you know what, I have to say, I respect. I want to say this is important, but I respect. Ayala's work. Uh, her work is important. The work that she's been doing in the African diaspora community in America with have, you know, generations of wounds and things that, you know, post-traumatic uh, stress and slave syndrome and on the psychic and, you know, on the spirits. And that's her, that's her life work. That's her life calling. Now, I'm not a psychiatrist. I am a, a bit of a coach. You know, and I will say this, that when you look at like someone like Tamar and the personality types that you look at, she's, you know, she's definitely very self-centered. She's not average. She's not reserved. She's highly self-centered. 
And then, yes. and then, you know, when you look at it, is she, you know, as far how she thinks, is she introverted or extroverted? She's extroverted because she just says oh, whatever sure. she feels. Is she uh, without a shadow of a doubt? Now, in her feelings, extroverted. I'm asking you a question. Extroverted. I'll call it out. You tell me, extroverted or introverted? What about her feelings? Oh, definitely extroverted. Okay. What about sensations? Extroverted. Okay. And intuition? Extroverted. Extroverted. She's extroverted on all areas. Yes. Right. Period. Uh, The whole personality is extroverted. She doesn't do things by halves. She doesn't do things subtly. She doesn't approach a situation in a subtle, calm manner. It's like zero to 100 in pretty much everything that she does. And I think, you know, that's what she needs to really, really kind of take a hold of and look at. It's It might have served her to some degree so far. Right. But, you know, she was, she was sacked from the real, right? And she was sacked from the real for apparently, um, you know, not getting, being difficult and not getting on with her co-hosts. Right. Well, because you, she is outspoken. Right. She's very outspoken. Now, uh, do you think, do you think that David, because I was thinking that David might be good for her, this David at Defisol. And by the way, he's a CEO of a, an envi- investment advisory company. He is a certified public accountant since the age he was 22 age of 22, Nigerian um, born. And now they have uh, his company. He's the founder of some um, student loan app that's supposed to help. That's what I saw. I think it's called Scoochie. Yeah, Scoochie. But I was thinking that this guy initially, because I thought I didn't see them as a couple. They didn't seem to complement each other, but they say sometimes opposites attract. Uh, He seems more cultured and reserved and proud of his Nigerian heritage, which is, you know, um, um, he has it's a admirable, st- it's admirable. Yeah. Strong morals, values, esteem, yeah. background. I was thinking that he would be good for her. And, uh, the more person of, that has the, uh, the skill of reason and, you know, trying yeah. to bring balance to things and, and cool her down. Um, at this point now, I look at them as a couple differently, totally okay, differently in, in a way that I don't know. My, my senses are not allowing me to trust it. What I'm seeing same. and hearing. That's how I same. feel. Same here. I feel the same. I feel the absolute same. I mean, you know, again, like what you were saying with his personality kind of being this more kind of laid back, and, and, and a reasoning like a man that would like reason I think it, it can be quite tricky when you're going into a relationship right. with somebody who is not easy to reason with and doesn't always see reason I think that will be really difficult right when you're dealing with somebody that's unreasonable in so many ways and on so many levels mm. Well, back to the business, I, I, I'm going to say before we wind down on Tamar, but uh, you know that because of her complaint that, that they were treating her like a slave, we, we TV has decided to sever ties with Tamar. That's another case when keeping it real goes wrong. And I don't think that's what she intended for them to happen. But, you know, 
I, and then again, I don't know if that was one of her complaints. She wanted to be out of the contract. I think her complaint was more money, not to be out of a contract. Yes, absolutely. So it's backfired. Right. Right. And the, the network has the right to, because of contractually, they're going to air the segments that were already recorded. They're going to air them because yeah. they own the right to them. Right. And exactly. they can rerun them and rerun them and rerun them. Exactly. Wow. So what are I your thoughts well. on this I at the end of the day? Well. I, wish, I do wish her well. I don't wish her any, you know, bad harm or anything like that. But I'm... You know, I'm just a little bit suspicious of this, um, you know, suicide attempt and what it really, if it was that, then, you know, I wish her all the best. But if it is a fake attempt to just garner attention and to, you know, win more money, you know, get get a bigger, you know... um, more finances from the network Mm -hmm. then I just feel like you're selling your soul and you're doing things that are just not you know uh, if you're a Christian then that's not the godly way to go well okay so my thought at the end of the day is that you know number one it doesn't always pay to compete with the Joneses whoever the Joneses are in you know in your world you know that well, I didn't feel like she was competing with her Braxton sisters. So, yeah, you know, and then well, Joneses. Kardashians, because she <laughs> yes, it, it, she true. she threw it all over the place. It's all in the media. Her complaint. So you know, if that's your reach, your goal, your objective, um, I think you know, don't mix, compare apples and oranges. You know the brands, and the, the, at the end of the day, you can do more tar- more damage to tarnish your brand than you can do to empower it, uplift it. Yes, there's an opportunity. You know, anytime you throw out, you know, a, a star throws out a suicide or anybody behind that, you're going to get a lot of people that are going to the fans and other people from other lanes that maybe wouldn't even know or recognize or even you know pay attention to you. Uh, to, yeah. to pay attention because you know because yeah, it's all over the news it's everywhere i mean it was reported on here it's in our you know on our like online you know newspapers here it was everywhere right and at the end of the end of the day nobody wishes bad on anybody nobody wants to see anybody take their lives and but is it is it really even worth it is a network contract worth taking your life over no no, and she has a son as well. I mean, you know, you've got a a, a young son. But who like does that? Seven, eight, or nine. Colleen, so tell you me. you have a responsibility to who him as well. Who does and, that? And, Robin no. Williams didn't take his life over a network. He had an illness. Or you look yes. at anybody that committed suicide that was, you know, in the spotlight. Prince certainly didn't commit suicide. It was, no. you know, he was in a lot of pain. He, you know, and he gave he was given 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 till it it took him because he took pain pills to so he can continue to perform and be there for his fans because he loved the people and the fans and what he did it was unselfish but it took him out you know regretfully but so i'm just saying you don't throw around the word suicide it's not something that you do you know to 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 increase your purse or your coins I mean, and, yeah. and I, I just want to say, you know, there are three sides to the story. 
there's her side, his side, and then there's God's side, the truth. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. (laughs) Okay. And ultimately, God will reveal what that is. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I think you know the truth. The truth will come out, whatever that is. You know. Girl, you just better be at peace with yourself. Just know that there's there's energy in this world. And so when you throw something out there, it comes back. So you Absolutely. better be true to yourself. Get your life. <laughs> don't Amen. don't throw it away, okay? <laughs> Tamar, get your life, girl. <laughs> Rhonda Ava Harris was born in Brooklyn, New York on September 13, 1953. Thirty years later, she became ordained as a Yoruba priestess and was renamed Ayanla, meaning Great Mother. She is a relationship coach, a New York Times best-selling author, TV host, ordained minister, and an inspirational speaker. A summa cum laude graduate, she received her JD from City of University of the New York Law School. Dr. Ayala Van Zant is frequently referred to as one of the 100 most spiritually influential living people. She recently tweeted, money, fine clothes, fancy cars, public acknowledgement are no substitute for purpose. With purpose, you have the support, power, and blessings of the universe at your disposal. Dr. Ayandla Van Zant is our Sister Love Shiro of the Week. Well, that's our show for today. So I think it's important, Colleen, that we let people know that if they know of someone or even have thoughts of suicide, that there are crises uh, hotlines available for you. In the U.S., you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. That's at 1-800-273-8255. And in the U.K., you can contact the Samaritans. It's 116-123. So remember uh, to be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter, which is slur underscore sisters at Twitter. And you can follow us on Instagram, which is the same handle slur, which is S L U U R underscore sisters, which is spelled S I S T A S. Thanks for doing that and clarifying. That's slur. They go and follow someone else. Exactly. Don't do that. Follow the slur sisters. And also on yes, and on Facebook, join our page and comment. That's Facebook Sisters Extraordinaire on our Facebook page. So, and also like, follow us, and please share on any uh, podcast podcast platform. So that's our show for the week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Until next time, adios. Be well. Bye.